It is Wednesday, the 27th of May, 2020, and this is episode 375 of Digital Outbox. Welcome to another lockdown episode of Digital Outbox. I am Chris sat here in presenter seat and co-presenting. Is that what we call you now? I don't even know. Insightful I, I just... analysis. Hang on. Second voice. Hang on. Hang on. There you go. Is Ian. Hello, Ian. Hey, good, good evening, presenter Chris. Yeah, you need to have a bit of a cough there, don't you? Um, <clears throat> <laughs> the, yeah, I, I say lockdown. It seems like the world has decided they don't want to be in lockdown anymore. So... Even though we are supposed to be locked down still, I think everyone's chilling on that front. Um, but yeah, hot. It's all like a weather-related news. It's hot. It's it's um, summer podcast time, which yeah. is always like um, um, sweaty and filled with ice cream tunes sometimes. So whether oh, we'll forgot, have but that, but a, a, a bit earlier or not? Uh, I've heard it a couple of times. Clearly wanting to get some <sighs> cash exciting. in the bank. So we'll How exciting. Also very exciting, Quibi. <laughs> oh dear, it's not exciting. Um, basically, Quibi was that, uh, we, we spoke about it, I don't know, a few months ago. Uh, a new format video site that was kind of a that weird in-between size of video. So not your short, you know, um, throwaway videos, but not your long form half hour type things. I think it's aimed around 10 minutes, was it? Something like that? And you could rotate your screen round and it would automatically would recut like, it for the portrait stretch. and yeah and there was some gimmicky bits where i think spielberg had done shot some things where it's like if you tilt it around you saw a bit more there was clues in a story or something that revealed themselves like, mm. so this was that video service now obviously it got quite well funded um but it but it's it's been released but they've had quite dis- what they call disappointing uptake now they reckon they've been They've had it downloaded 3.5 million times and they have 1.3 million active users, which is a significant number of people. Yet it's, it's a lot lower than they obviously had built their business models on. So they are saying it's down to the coronavirus um, and that's where, they're, <laughs> that's where their full stop is at the moment. Not our fault. It's the virus's fault. Load of bollocks. Absolutely load of bollocks. Um, <laughs> I mean, this, this would have been Say what perfect... you really mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a perfect time to launch a little capsule service when everybody's stuck at home and, and you know, so many people furloughed and, you know, people are, you know, gaming all day and watching TV all day and we've seen, you know, Netflix subscriptions rise and other subscription services rise and Disney Plus is doing, you know, great guns and it's nothing to do with coronavirus. It's a platform is pretty poor. Well, I think it's you You have to convince people that it's... that what What are you offering? It's quite... As a, as a sales pitch, it's quite a hard one to make to a sort of standard consumer. You know, you could do a 10-minute video on YouTube. Why not? Um, but, but they're saying do it on our platform. And I don't know how, how difficult it is to edit. I think it was more focused towards other companies producing content rather than oh, just yeah, end users as well. So it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like how do you convince them that that's extra work they want to put into their, you know, work schedules um, when they can already release all that information quite easily? And they'd taken, as you said, lots of funding and they did have lots of content, but it's just it's just not compelling enough. You know, it's not got a buzz. You can't share the content. You can't share screenshots. You can't, 
it just it's just a bit of a dump scrub and then to turn around and say yeah, our timing was bad because of coronavirus. It's like, no, you're you're just. We've seen this before, though, where we, you know, we don't necessarily see the point of it, but then other generations do see the point of it, and who knows? Maybe we Snapchat. <laughs> I mean, there's lots of examples where I, this just seems like it's got TikTok. to get the you've got to get the you know the producers on board, and and maybe it will suddenly kick into life. Maybe if it's got really good DRM and all that kind of stuff, it will suddenly kick into life, or it suddenly spawns money. But you need numbers to spawn the money if you want to watch those kind of videos though chances are your broadband currently is going to be better equipped to to watch them than it was last year so we are still seeing in the uk uh average broadband speeds rising and actually it rose by about 18 percent last year which is a not insignificant amount of increase though uh, no so this was based on this was like you know 2018 november to 2019 november um, a good uptick, and then they kind of re rechecked with, um, obviously the, the you know people furloughed and working from home, and it's the speeds fell by two percent, but still you know and there was a must admit I was one of the ones predicting you know a, a big broadband meltdown. It just it never really happened. No, you know, there, was, there was there was enough capacity in the network it seems to be able to absorb it, or maybe because people are furloughed, it's actually spreading that usage out across the day rather than having these absolute massive peaks that we see at you know the return from work time uh, and you know or return from school as well. So maybe actually because it's through the day, it's it's better equipped to cope with that. But yeah, but um, yeah, I was. Um, Pleasantly, been pleasantly surprised at how the broadband networks have coped really well. Yeah, for, for me too. Uh, and the you know, and the average speeds that we're seeing are significant. So you know, you know, thirty thirty, meg, uh, 30 megabits. Per, I can't even say it, but that thirty number <laughs> is is a good starting point for you know what they call super fast. And you know, the actual numbers of people who are on low speed, which they're calling sort of the ten to thirty, is. Um, it's quite, you know, it's, it's well, sorry, I'm getting all my numbers mixed up. I feel like a government official stood at a lectern. You are the pretty Patel of our podcast right now. I'm smiling as we speak. Um, yes, the numbers at the low end seem smugly. to be getting better. Yes, I'm smugly smiling, um, which is which is encouraging. I mean, I know they're still trying to work out how do you get that final few percent, but I think they always said that that's going to be a long, long project and maybe relying on other technologies we don't yet have. It is, and I, and I think they're still hoping that 5G will become more pervasive and really help around that, but the, there's, there's so many areas of the country, you know, you know, particularly there's bits of England, particularly bits of Scotland, where it's hard to get you know, good speeds. Mm. Um, you know, and, I, and I guess I've, with more people working from home in our business, I've seen that more and more as I talk to more people, and, and, and it's like, well, here's my current broadband speed, it's 10 meg, and I'm at the back of the house and a Wi-Fi connection. I was like, yeah, that is not going to work. <laughs> it's, it's going to be really challenging. What's more exciting to me is that the nice graphic that you've put in there, which is basically represents the sort of proportions of what speed broadband you get. Um, you know, they're just moving nicely in a kind of linear fashion at the moment and just peeking into the top of the charts in 2019 are people with over 300 megabits per second. And obviously, if the trend continues, then we're going to be seeing that sort of that that part of the graph grow bigger over time which is yeah really good we're going to see some super fast speeds i'd, I'd still love to see the upload speeds <laughs> yeah i mean we all know it's asymmetric in you know yeah. for the majority of use cases but but again uh, uploads are then you know generally pretty solid from what i've seen um so 
they are at a slower rate and maybe we'll see some of that more proportionality come with these new technologies. Um, Facebook news, they are to acquire Giphy uh, and this is going to be costing them about 400 million, it sounds like from reports. Now, Giphy is the service. I think they've got it integrated into Facebook and then into a number of the other platforms. But basically, you can search for GIFs and memes sort of things and you can inject them into your Facebook messages. Or I don't know if it's in Instagram as well, but it's along those kind of lines. Um, I've seen it. We've I think most people have probably used it at some point, um, but now they're buying it so they can control that. Yes. Um, and seemingly 50% of the traffic was already from Facebook. I'm sure that's going to go up. I'm sure there'll be other interesting gift platforms now who will be you know, like, mm. you know, and I'm sure it's going to get the attention of all Apple who will be like, mm, do I really want, you know, send all my traffic to mm. Giphy or do I want to maybe, you know, you know, remove that as a service or deprioritize it? Um, I was actually quite surprised, but seemingly there's also some stuff around, you know, tracking users and yeah, I was going to say there must be some benefit to them for doing this. Otherwise, why would they? Um, yeah. I mean, it is the biggest, um, you know, library out there that does this searching for gifts and, you know, holding a library of them. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. I wonder whether because Facebook are going to start owning it, content owners are going to start getting a little bit more uh, sniffy because obviously a lot of the content that's in those gifts is 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 content protected i know the short form probably means that they they don't come within that thing but nevertheless when someone's making money off your content people tend to get a bit sniffy about it yeah that's true and again if it was uh you know the bigger the company the bigger the you know, the bigger the chase looks like the honeypot yep so they get chase after it yep um a hacking honeypot seems to be easyjet at the moment um they have admitted that back in january uh they lost uh or had hacked is it nine million pieces of customer data was it something like that uh, yeah and uh, the, the, again this is a bit and, and I, I know i get irritated by this and and you do as well it's the it's the fact it happened in january but they only disclosed this you know last week because they had to be sure that they had checked that who had had it's, stuff it's just but it's you know they knew <laughs> already yeah, yeah exactly they knew Mm. Um, so there was um, we, would, we could only inform people once the investigation had progressed enough that we were able to identify whether any individuals had been affected and it was like well that that's that's a bit weak sauce to be honest there's you know five months yeah. that hackers have now had the data and can be using yeah. it so they are by only telling you five months later you could have already had your identity taken and your bank details stolen I think that if, the, if there's any good thing out of this, it's out of the nine million. It was it was email addresses and travel details, and there was two thousand two hundred that had credit card details access. But interesting, that also included the three digital security Ab- code. Absolutely, and I which, didn't think that was even possible within modern systems for those two pieces of data to be collected I, together. I, yeah, so I thought that was just purely used as authenticate rather than store. So I I think this is I think this is really going to get investigated hard because I. I this feels like they've been they've been storing the wrong things here. Uh, and highly sophisticated cyber attack generally means that they don't know how it happened. Um, they're yeah. saying it's impossible, but could be just as simple as they've left a password or an open port somewhere. So uh, I just, you know, I, I don't trust. I mean, I, I think I know enough about the subject to know that as general everyday company users, um, you are nowhere near the kind of level of hackers. <laughs> 
in knowledge and understanding of all the systems that you use on a day-to-day basis. It's just where you sit. You kind of rely on other services, but also those services rely on you knowing what you're doing when you're putting them together. So, for example, you can have a, an AWS account, but you, if you're using it in the wrong way, uh, then it's then it's not secure. Um, no, and I think that the the more these platforms, we've, we've seen it. You know, the, the, it's not generally been you know if a bank's been you know you know details have leaked or you know it's like a, I don't know a telephone company. It's not been their own systems. It's usually a third party somewhere, and it's it's usually that that that's where the, the, the kind weak of main failures are coming. Uh, yeah, you know, and that's where the main failures are coming in. Although it's you know it's obviously they are responsible, um, and, and I think. Especially when you look at the, you know, the amount of, you know, how easy it is just to download like JavaScript libraries, you know, and just go and GitHub and grab some code, and how is, who's securing all that and who's making sure it's all, you know, and, and we've seen other, you know, almost like GitHub attacks where, you know, they've managed to, you know, put some inject some code in for a day, and and that updates yeah, it's enough, yeah, it just pushes it's... it automatically out with all the code injection and all that kind of stuff. It totally takes one malicious actor in that chain to yeah to to bring the whole the whole stuff tumbling down um, uh, the disclosure should not have taken this long in my opinion uh certainly you would have uh, although i can see from a company's perspective it wouldn't work like this it, disclosing early and broadly and saying we could have had an issue here please do change and be aware of these things you can certainly say that early doors before then actually we'll notify you as soon as we know whether your data was actually accessed and that's we've seen other companies doing that and that seems like the better method rather than trying to get to the full extent of the issue before then releasing that information effectively that sounds like them wanting to cover up up until the point they know they can't cover up anymore and that's even if that's not the case that is what it feels like from the outside um the bbc has launched a new tool for effectively viewing parties of their content um, so if you want to listen to radio or watch TV um, with friends, you can now do that during this so using this watch tool. Um, I think it's up to 20 people can gather together to watch that content. Yeah. BBC together. What a great name. Lovely. It's nice. Warm and huggy. Yeah, so, so we've seen um, so Netflix party was something that was released. And I never at the time when I was, I was taking. We don't have friends. Oh. That's why we don't need these collaborative things. I've just been hit by tumbleweeds. <laughs> um, so, so Netflix Party was a Chrome extension that that, that did something similar, but it was unofficial. Um, and it's interesting to see that. It, so this has just been classed as a test. I'm surprised they didn't call it a beta, but they call it a test. Um, and they're just looking to see how it works. I guess they're looking at, you know, does it does it take off? If you're going to launch something like this, I guess this is probably the best time. You know, where you've got people sitting remotely and... You know, maybe people did used to, you know, like popping around to friends and watching telly. I, I, I don't. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I don't. Um, so, yeah, I guess, I, yeah, like you say, trying to recreate that front lounge, you know, thing. But, yeah, but do, yeah, do people even go around to other people's houses just to watch TV anymore? Don't know. No, I don't think so. No, if, if you watch Gogglebox, some people do. Yeah, but that, I think that's, yeah, okay. And so I think, and and again, I I know. So even like things like you know, like when I watch movies and I watch you know I watch TV programs, I don't I don't want to be interrupted. I kind of like I want to watch. Mm. I don't. But what is it? Nutter? I'll have a nutter. You know. But I, I, again, maybe not a not, service aimed at us. <laughs> uh, yeah. Moving on. <laughs> 
Microsoft has been out telling us all about all their latest developer stuff, even though they can't do their full-on conferences anymore. They've they've certainly spent time putting together and releasing the information um, to the development community. Um, so we've had uh, Fluid Office um, being released. This is like a collaborative office for sort of online, um, but just uh, what makes it fluid? <laughs> You don't. You, so you're no longer thinking. I want to edit some text. I'll open Word. I want to edit a table. I'll open Excel. Even though Fluid will be supported and compatible with Excel and Word and PowerPoint on desktop, it's their their take on how do we do collaboration? How do we get get you more thinking about content and not apps? How do we round a Microsoft Teams platform? Um, you know, you know, just just think about the here's what I want to capture, and don't think about the oh crap, I've got an Excel sheet now. I wish I'd done this in Word. Oh crap, I need to present it now. I wish I'd done it in PowerPoint. And mm. you're cutting and pasting and messing around. So that's their their view is to try and you know move away from that and just think about it's the content and don't get don't get too hung up on this. And I think each then it's effectively your creating components that you then could put together into documents and and, and presentations so rather than thinking about it as being yeah this uh, it's a this is a powerpoint presentation you might have slides involved but also the like the the charts and whatever and and moving between seamlessly between the two and having people collaborate on those elements so someone putting together that chart that then goes into the document Um, it's definitely more it's more enterprisey business focused you know mm -hmm. again you know thinking about teams um, which is all about collaboration and trying to you know you know, and and they've you know if you look at user numbers, they have absolutely spanked Slack. I think Slack still has the the kind of mind share, and that they're seen as you know leaders. But it's just the might of Microsoft and the amount of enterprises that they've got. They can just you know dominate. It'll be interesting to see how it takes off. Yeah, um, I skip past the fact that they've got a kind of uh, spot like equivalent to their search in the new Windows Ten. Um, I'm not a big user of that spot like search. I occasionally use it, um, use it, but really not very often. I use it all the time, mm. but I don't use Spotlight, and and so on, on Mac I don't use. I know Spotlight's there, but I don't use it. So I'm using Alfred, um, and I you know Command Space launches Alfred, do my little searching, um, so I I will um, thanks thanks to my corporate overlords that lock my devices down, I will find a way of putting it on. <laughs> so yeah, so so you've built that into your kind of everyday flow, but yeah, really I've uh, not. Yeah. I mean, Windows 10 has always had its little like search bar, bottom left, or hit, not always had it, but it's had it more recently. But I'm guessing they're just bringing that more front and center rather than tucked away in the bottom left-hand corner. Um, also had um, Office 365 um, smart tracking app. Hmm. To-do list, uh, another to-do list. We need yeah. one of them. Yeah, so tracking issues, tracking, you know, whatever contacts it, it, it sounded to me like they're trying to make it a little bit like you know a little lightweight database type thing so it was rather than just you know to do's it was like well um, and i don't know if you've seen something called Airtable. no so Airtable is a bit like um you know it's almost like a you know web-based nice easy front-end gui but little, little little database tables underneath you know so a little lightweight access or you know, if you're if you're used to Oracle, something like a lightweight Apex or something, that's the equivalent. Okay, um, I'm sure it has its uses. Uh, like, so it does sound like yes, wider than just simple to do lists. Maybe you can go wider into, yeah, actual code 
Yeah, well, anything, I guess, that involves lists. I guess that's what they're aiming at. Uh, yeah, and, and I think as well, if you look at a lot of the kind of, there's a lot of the corporate apps that get made are action tracker types. So, you know, if you use something like Jira or something like that, yeah. you know, they are that kind of lightweight. I just want to track issues and do it in a collaborative way. Outlook gets predictive text um, and a couple of other things like, uh, uh, I, well, I don't, just predictive text. There you go. Outlook, who uses that anymore? Corporate people? um azure um has uh, started uh, so interesting thing from azure they've they've started trying to work out services by via kubernetes which means that actually a lot of the services now aren't tied to the azure platform you can actually be platform independent and agnostic and start deploying code and things to other places again very progressive in the the, that thought process of okay we've got this whole stack here and we would like you to use that but equally we've got this way of deploying and we would like you to hook into that and we we appreciate that you don't necessarily want to use the azure platform to do that so they're they're going to be pushing uh, these kubernetes sort of platform independent sort of services to actually release onto other other competitors environments which is yeah for interesting for me it definitely, and there's still, it's, it's, and again, it's still back to that. We want you, we want to write the best products, and if that means, you know, you want to use other competitors' products, we still want to be in the middle of that. Yeah. You know, and that's that's where they're seeing their benefit. That, you know, go to Azure and whatever you want, we can do it for you. Yeah. You know, whatever platform, whatever you want, we'll we'll do it, and we'll give you the management capability as well. So I think gives it gives you know whether whether a small business large business an individual just gives you so much flexibility just to say whatever you want come come and do it and and the, and the price is quite low and if you can and you spin up what you need when you want it edge browsers getting better extensions uh, more more power to uh, web apps um and new Pin- pinterest integration was a weird one for me why why pinterest why make it a big thing why do it at a keynote what mm. Yes, but I actually really do like Edge. I don't know if you're. Are you still? A, are you Chrome? I'm still Chrome at the moment. Uh, I I do get daily a bit more depressed by how much memory and CPU it takes. Um, I guess that's what happens when the browser actually turns into an operating system. Uh, and I and I'm guessing that other places are not. You know, other browsers are probably starting to use up equal amounts of uh, speed and and presence. But yeah, when you when you run these applications, which I love the fact you can run them in a browser. It, they're not efficient necessarily. No, and the one disappointment I've actually thought Edge was really efficient and you know a nice a nice new you know competitor in town. And today they've launched a game within the browser. Mm. So, so you you're can, immediately they're just adding little things. It's like this know. is like a, so it's a surfing game. Mm. Um, it's like an Easter egg and it's a fun little project. And it's like get that out of my <laughs> browser. <laughs> Get out. Project Reunion is a new sort of aim to unify the development platform again. So where we got split across Win32, Win64, all those kind of things, all the different platforms, they're trying to bring that all back together. Again, in a very Microsoft-type move, they're saying we want to make things easy to develop developers, and I think that will see them well. Um, they're also introducing something called Power Toys. Now, the last time I was on a website for Power Tools, that was... Very different. Power toys. You've never you've never played power you've never used power toys. Never used power what's power no. toys? Power toys. Power toys. Come on. No. Seriously. <laughs> so power toys power toys I used I'm to I'm not run gonna all Google search that. 
No, so power toys I used to run all the time, and and they kind of did away with them. And they've and under Windows Ten, they've brought them back, mm. and and they're all on GitHub. Um, you can go and download them. You can see them, you know, you know updated all the time. Um, and again, one of the things that came out uh, last week was Windows Terminal One Point Zero for Enterprise, which sounds daft to kind of talk about a Windows Terminal, but this is a fully, you know, full, you know, access to the Windows subsystem for Linux distribution. It lets you do talk to Azure Cloud Shell all from your terminal inside Windows Ten. You know, so for a you know web developer, it's it just feels like Windows Ten is probably turning into the platform to be on. I'm enjoying being back on my Windows device. I have to say, and uh, remembering how the Windows management of Windows for me is just so much better than Apple. There are a few things that I would change. I do mm. miss the the kind of Windows switching and and focus. I think Apple does some of that better, where you can copy paste between Windows or drag and drop without affecting things. Whereas but I do love the sort of the side to side snapping and 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 just general my efficiency in Windows even after all this time of using Mac is still higher. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Yep, and, and I just I, I think Windows Ten has has been a great operating system. You know, compared to you know, Seven was good, Eight was was horrid. Uh, uh, yeah, I still say Seven was their zenith at the time, but I'd say I think Ten now is probably matching that now. So oh, easily. Yep. I just and I just think that you know. As I said, and, and Build was a, a fully virtual conference last week, you know, so it didn't probably didn't have the big showpiece announcements that maybe they had in the past, but there was there was definitely enough there, and I, you know, it was you know fair play to them for doing it. It'll be interesting to see. So a month from now, it'll be Apple's. Yep. And it'll be interesting to see how they adapt to a, you know an online. I think they have only. such a big. I think they had such a big audience for that their online or their for their conferences now. Anyway, I think they will do the same kind of presentation level and send it, it out is, but, it, you know. but I think but the interesting thing for me is WWDC feels like the kind of start of Apple's year because they lay out iOS version, they lay out Mac they usually signpost some big changes and then that gets delivered September October <clears> into the following year build always feels like some, you know, here's some developer focused stuff, but WWDC feels like a real important conference for Apple Um more so than so even like Google I/O, yes, it's important, but but Google usually deliver what maybe a tenth, a quarter of what they talk about. And Apple have always been like, you know, so this is coming; it's coming in October. You can then start to piece together what's going on. And, and again, you know, we're going to see ARM. You know, you know, being you know, is that going to replace? You know, is it going to see an ARM Mac? You know, that's been that's that's the talk of the town, for, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's been rumors for a while. And again, you just look at the performance you get on on iPads. And you're like, you know, bring that to that Mac platform and bye-bye Intel. It's amazing the turnaround. So ARM, I mean, I used to be an Acorn Archimedes user back in the day. <laughs> now that was that was where ARM and risk processing was, uh, was its heart. And, and it, they always argued at the time that they were they were the long run, the long run and mobile came along at perfect time for them. And now it's coming back to, they're coming back to desktop processors. And I think, in this modern world, we probably will see how much of an efficiency gain you can get from having a, a reduced instruction set rather than the kind of full instruction sets of the you know some of the the big the big chips they got now. Absolutely. <clears throat> so uh, this we also saw the release, or we have seen the release of Apple and Google's um, Exposure Notification API. This is their underlying platform to allow health authorities around the world to put 
uh, applications together that will help people identify if they have been exposed to COVID-19. Interestingly, in the UK, who decided they weren't going to go with this method, we have seen them absolutely downplaying the application that they've developed and have been testing on the Isle of Wight, uh, clearly because they've had, they've, well, they've already admitted that it's had some issues um, and wasn't necessarily working as they expected. Um, and it's they're, they're just not even talking about it anymore. So it seems like a, a phone application is not going to be part of their solution. They're, they've decided to go on the track and trace option. Uh, and I thought that was a really interesting decision. Uh, and again, doesn't seem like, for me personally, didn't seem like a good, you know, <clears throat> a good approach given that how important the mobile applications have been in other countries who have seen success in keeping and maintaining low levels of COVID uh, spread. Uh, absolutely. I, I, I do think, and, and, and we'll see, we'll see what June brings as I think probably the fairest thing to say. We're not, you know, we're, a lot of it is just speculation. There's there's talk of they're developing a second app and whether that replaces it or in the second app would, would, would better support, you know, the APIs. Um, it just, it, you know, we saw Germany change and so many other countries change tact when, you know, both Apple and Google came out with this approach. Um, and, and it's baked in. It's baked, I mean, we've already got the updates. Well, you know, how can it not be a good solution? It seems like the forward-thinking mm. right thing to do rather yep. than a very, very manual process, which people have already said is just not going to be able to cope with any kind of significant numbers. Yeah, it's interestingly in Scotland they've shied away from committing to using the NHS England app, so it's very much been termed an NHS England app, mm. and we will review it. Um, and again, there's, you know, the the mood music coming out is because Scotland weren't involved in the development of it, they are not clear, hundred mm. percent how it works, where the data goes. They've got similar concerns to I think a lot of you know home users have got. Isle of Wight saw fifty percent usage, you know, so sorry, fifty percent of people downloaded it. And, and, you know, there's research papers out there that says it needs to be before more like 70 or 80 before it becomes effective. You know, you need to have a high level. So I think there's a realisation that the app, and also there was some there was some chat last week that there was some, some clear security issues round about the app, so it was being reworked. But but we don't know, is that is that because there is security issues or is it because you'd actually, you know, doing a version two, which yeah. is going to support I mean, the API? Cynically, I'd say, who knew that, uh, you know, we as a our government is not good at writing applications and hey who are good at writing applications apple and google are especially in collaboration um yes i yeah i i i think it's disappointing that we can't have a technological solution which actually will be efficient and effective um you know in our modern day world and especially now because it's you know they i hope it's not because they don't feel like they can do a u-turn on it Especially as other countries have done this, mm. and that's that's the that's the bit that rips me in the most. Um, it, it's just it's not it's not. I mean, we've seen we've seen COVID spread across the world, and it's and you, you can see it coming. You could you know so we, we knew lockdown was coming, even though there were you know our politicians were saying don't like to use the word lockdown. We don't want to go there, and it's like no, we're going to go there. The death rate's gone up, and the, and the rates in the UK are horrendous. Do mm. you think how? late in the cycle we were compared to as it as it moved across the world it's really disappointing and i'm sure there's folk in america brazil thinking the same you know they're in a kind of third wave and it's like why 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 are we not learning from this um so i i just i just think there's a an approach that 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 could have been done 
and I just think it's going to be really difficult. The whole track and trace thing is going to be so difficult to do. It works when, when numbers are low and are maintained low. It doesn't work as soon yeah. as you have spike again. Um, uh, that, given that people aren't following any kind of rules from what I can see uh, anecdotally at the moment, I think uh, it's inevitable that, and it doesn't take a lot for things to spiral out of control again. Again, it only no, takes a couple seen, of cycles of people not being aware and, and off, off it off it trots again. Suddenly, we've seen spikes. we've seen you know evidence one person infecting hundreds, you know, and you know if they don't realise straight away that it could easily be that one person infects well, twenty thirty etc. They've just, said just that blows. you can have uh, you know a week of non symptomatic, you know, yeah. So how you you're just not going to know. That's the thing, and that's why it explodes so quick. Anyway, you know, and and two hundred sixty mile drives and all that good stuff. Joe Rogan, he who? yeah exactly who. Um, but nevertheless, he is important in that he has now moved his uh, podcast over to Spotify. Um, this is the Joe Rogan experience. So I think this is very US focused, but nevertheless shows a direction of Spotify uh, that it wants. It's paid a lot of money for to have this on, but he will now remove that podcast from all other um, players. It's an exclusive deal. So it's a, a show for Spotify. He has said that it will remain free uh, and the same the same show. So, it, you know, oh, the money won't change me, man. Um, but nevertheless, it's an interesting direction and shows that Spotify want to get into that market of taking those top quality type podcast shows, which traditionally have been distributed anywhere and widely and free to all and putting it behind either not necessarily behind Lockwall, but but definitely directing people into their service to do it. Um and a bit, you know, my my inclination is that he's he'll see a drop in numbers, but maybe it's still enough to make it worthwhile on Spotify. Yeah, I mean he's he's seen a, a drop in numbers, but he's he's getting eighty two million, hundred million dollars out of it. Um, so <laughs> from a money perspective, he's not, you know, he's not going to see, you know, he's not going to be out of pocket. I think the challenge is going to be it's the nice thing about podcasts for me is you could you know whatever client you want to listen to it on you could listen to it it's a free kind of open thing it's clear that money's changing that yeah um and it'll be interesting to see if the money then starts to follow you know so if, if people there because because it, it and it's interesting listening to some other podcasts this week and 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 we so we are we don't make money off this we don't, we've never we've never looked at this as a money making scheme which is just as well I mean, that's not to say if someone wants to give us a hundred million, <laughs> I am more than welcome to put this exclusively on Spotify for a hundred million. Uh, yeah, you heard it here first, um, and that's a hundred million chocolate buttons, just in case anybody's <laughs> listening. In. But the, um, but but I just I, I can see it being a real challenge to to some of the podcasts where they they, they are looking at advertising money, especially as advertising money's dropped over the last two three months. You know, companies are either shutting down or they're furloughed; they're not spending money. Pod, interestingly, podcast listenage has actually dropped as well. Um, it's just just because lots of for, for a lot of people, podcast was what they did on traveling, to work. walking, tra- yeah. exercise. So whether whether, whether it was going to the office, a lunchtime walk, sitting in the car, yeah, they're not doing that now. So I actually, cause I actually the first the first day of being sitting at home, I was like, I won't have a podcast backlog. What an idiot I was thinking that. I get zero time through the day yeah. to to do it, and I and at work. As in work, work, sitting at work, I'd have the earpods on every so often and some tunes, catching up with some podcasts. I'd get gaps, I'd get half an hour. I, I'm not getting any. I don't do any podcast listening now through the day. It's just gone. 
I guess meetings take over from that, don't they? When you it's miss just, that contact that people need to chat and whatever. Yeah. It's just incessant. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell how irritated I am? It's just <laughs> bloody incessant. Because I guess you just can't have that quick chat. It's got to be an officially organised thing. There's no oh, easy quick chat you. option. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, I think everyone's yeah. suffering the same. I think there's almost yeah. a gap in the market there for an office-based quick chat type, you know, virtual office-based quick chat thing, which just allows you to just yeah, two seconds. But then again, even that, you can't <laughs> you can't sort of put up a notice saying no, <laughs> I'm busy. Exactly, and, and that's about the only the only good thing about Skype. Do not disturb. The um, <laughs> but the, I just think this is going to potentially dent the market because if the next you know, so Spotify keep buying, so they've bought the number one on YouTube. So what if they buy another one? What if they buy the next one? What if they buy the next one? I just think it's going to then take advertising dollars away, and you will see the podcast market change. Apple seemingly are now talking about doing exclusive podcasts, and Apple's always been in the podcast app. And this is the thing I remember when we talked about it, what, 11 years ago when we started up, everybody thinks Apple hosts the podcast, yeah, yeah. and they don't. There are, there are directors of RSS feeds. Yeah, yeah. yeah there are directors of feeds. Your hosting is elsewhere, um, and it's always been open. But then, you know, even like BBC Sounds, I get so irritated that they'd said, oh, listen to it in BBC Sounds. And I was like, yeah, but I can listen to it in Overcast. No, you can't. I have to go to BBC Sounds. I was like, no. Yeah, just that, that spreading around of all that content. And I, and I think we're going to see that fragment more, mm. especially as, you know, and, I, and I, I'm not a Spotify user, but somebody was saying, even within the kind of top 100 recommendations, there's almost 50 of them that are podcasts. And they're like, I don't, I, I don't want a podcast appearing in, in amongst my music. Yes, it's almost two separate things, right? For yeah. You don't generally listen to, a, as in you're doing a, if you're listening to music, you're listening to music. If you're listening to podcasts, you're listening to podcasts. It's very rare that you kind of do a combination of both. Uh, well, yeah. it's, certainly for me it is. I, maybe other people have no, different I'm the things. Same. But... I make a choice of, I want to listen to that podcast for this activity, or I want to listen to this album or, you know the next these 20 tracks over the next hour good news is that if you want to listen to more than 10,000 tracks you can now add more than 10,000 tracks to your spotify uh, library uh, so I, apparently very few people have this but for for some users they really love to save tracks into their own library so they can curate and they can move things around add make their own playlists or whatever um but yeah it's it's kind of rare but nevertheless there was a limit Cause apparently the the people who did hit that limit really wanted it removed, and now it has gone. Um, yeah, I didn't realise it was this year, but the so seemingly this has been the top user complaint since twenty fourteen, which has got twelve thousand twelve and a half thousand votes on the community ideas exchange forum and Spotify. But it's almost it's got that many votes because it's been around for that long, as in you know, just uh, yeah. it's had a long yeah. time to get generate votes. Uh, it's not going to affect most people who are sane. But if you're one of those users, then the celebration day. Go at it. I'm waiting for twenty seventh of the, May is your Independence Day. Yeah, it's, it's an, an unlimited songs, albums, and podcasts. I'm now waiting for people to see the performance of Spotify. Really dropped off <laughs> you still can't. Got... Yeah, you still can't uh, save those songs locally anymore. I think you're still limited to ten thousand if you want to have actual songs downloaded on your local. Um, device. So, so, so it was interesting. I used to take a, a whole load of pride in my local music collection, mm. and I—it's just—it's not a thing anymore, just, isn't it? Just gone. I spent hours making sure it was backed up, and that I didn't have to do all the re-ripping and re-encoding. Album art, and then the day that Google did tags. that auto tag or auto matching service, or I think oh. iTunes did it as well. Kind yeah. of that started the rot, and then now the streaming is just where you go, isn't it? 
especially as you know it's just playlists you know it's like making up playlists finding any track um yeah uh huawei has come under fresh scrutiny in the uk following some more um u.s based uh fears shall we say um so their u.s has come out and said we've, we've seen a few more things that we don't like and so the british government are now re-evaluating even though they're already saying they're only going to form a, a minor part of the network uh it does seem like they've let the ferrari sort of die down and now they're just going to quietly align with the u.s to stop those awkward trade negotiation talks that are going to become important very shortly um agreed is that cynical or is that about no i think they're just like and this is probably a great time to bury this kind of news horrible yeah. as horrible to say that but that this is a time to bury 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 things like this get get what they wanted to do in the first place done without yeah. too much media scrutiny yeah. I mean, you always used to bury things if there'd been some sort of disaster somewhere or Friday afternoon at kind of like, you know, 10 to 5. Yeah. Every day is like that at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah. So, Drones are going to be delivered to, are used to deliver um, PPI to the Isle of Mull Hospital. So I'm guessing this is quite a remote hospital as far as normal transport goes, but drones can actually cut that uh, to like a 45 minute ferry sailing plus 10 miles to do it. In, they can do it in 15 minutes instead. Is that right? Uh, yeah, and and Oban Oban is pretty remote itself as well, so it's not like it's not like it's like you know flying from Glasgow. Oban is a uh, what two and a half two two and a half hour drive from Glasgow. It's pretty remote, right on the edge, right on the west coast, and it's a it's a there's a lot of ferry services leave from Mull to go and you know not Mull leave from um, Oban to get to you know lots of other places. And um, so yeah, I just thought it was quite impressive that they're doing this. Surely um, the wind is going to be the biggest issue. For a drone. Uh, yeah, but it's a fairly big drone. It's not it's not like a little DJI, you know, drop them off with a pair of gloves. It's it's a fairly It's a substantial you know, flying object. It, yes. I mean you wouldn't want to get hit by it. And again, <laughs> this is this is the this is to me where it gets quite exciting round. I think you know, there's there's obviously downsides to COVID, but it's enforcing a lot of these things to actually Yeah, hold on. Really, yeah, reevaluate we've, we've got some solutions. Yeah, yeah. We've got some solutions that could actually work right now those future looking um, films of yesteryear seeing things flying around and whizzing and dropping and doing all those kind of things for good and evil has to be said the films picked up on the the positives and negatives around those kind of things um but yeah interesting that that is more and more what we're seeing we're seeing deliveries going we're seeing you know amazon using them just interesting yeah we even just to look at what local councils just overturned you know almost overnight you know you if you, if you were a restaurant wanting to do like takeaways, it would have taken you know months of planning, and they were just like, "Have at it, yeah, go for it." Uh, news breaking today: so <laughs> Donald Trump is threatening to close me or shutter social media companies, but he has basically <clears throat> he put out some unsubstantiated uh, tweets around uh, postal voting and how it was going to be open to corruption and fraud, uh, and basically un. Uh, provably false allegations around who was being offered postal votes in this arena of uh, COVID-19. So Twitter put a fact check underneath um, his tweet to say, get the real facts effectively. Um, And that has uh, riled Donald Trump to say that he is being censored, even though they didn't censor anything. Uh, And it's censoring um, conservative voices in the U S and you know, I, I think let's let's put them against all his tweets, shall we? 
I mean, the, the worst ones were, were the ones over the weekend, where he's, so there's this old conspiracy theory around a, a breakfast show host and an ex-Republican congressman that he was involved in a murder. And he, and he was, I mean, you've got the President of the United States tweeting this stuff. And mm. I mean, the, 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 the widower went to Twitter and said, please get these, delete these, these are really upsetting me. It's, it's raking over 10-year-old horrible conspiracy theories. It's, this guy is... You know, I know we've said before he's deranged. I, 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 it's he's he's just it's such an abuse of power. It's un- ah, he's he's a, he's, unbelievable. A, he's a three year old. <laughs> that's what that's the yeah. conclusion I've come to. He's a three year old. Uh, anyway, um, say so long. Hopefully, we will see more of these happening. And it does seem like yes, Trump uh, probably doesn't have the power to be able to close down this company anyway. But equally, Twitter doesn't have the ability to sue trump in any meaningful way and their twitter shares did fall uh after having carried out this process i guess people are just worried that <laughs> theoretically it could shut uh, yeah you know so it's a first skirmish because um, they said they were doing they said they would do this months ago and there's been so many tweets where people are going come on mm. he's, he's especially around during covid it was like come on he's he's putting stuff up around the what is it hydro whatever hydro Clockside or chloride or whatever it was he was taking and saying there's good evidence on it and there was no good evidence on it when are you going to actually call this guy out i mean it's and just it, dangerous is, is what it is and, and yeah. it was actually surprisingly around postal votes yeah <laughs> you know, so uh, yeah uh, but again really important you know he's saying that effectively this is you know we're, we're having seeing postal votes just being sent out willy-nilly uh, but actually it's important that everyone does get the right to vote and the more people that and do we've it, seen you know. in America, not so much here, but in America, lots of voter suppression in in key swing states where they are really actively passing laws and suppressing voters to you know to make it easier for Republicans to win, mm. which again conservatives sort of disagree with. But but that's what the evidence looks like is happening. I think we need to put a little uh, fact check underneath you there. Just I think like. we do. <laughs> but can, can imagine that if we had that every night at the the Boris and. You know, whoever it is, his press conference. It's never Boris's press conference, is it? No, um, but, but that would be glorious. Unreal Engine 5. We Speaking have, of glorious. Yes, glorious. We have seen, they a little while back now, but we haven't done a podcast for a while. So okay. <laughs> um, we saw that running on a PlayStation 5. Um, so Epic came out and said, this is our new engine. Look how well it's going to run on console, specifically the PlayStation 5. And... No doubt about it that it was a very special demo. In fact, if you like graphics in computer games, this definitely looked next level as far as the immersion, the detail, ray tracing kind of, uh, you know, uh, concepts and and the say the sheer number of polygons being pushed around by the the system was was you know special to say the least. I would I would give that and I'd say dynamic lighting just adds the additional elements on top of that and the fact that a console can nowadays do that it's it's just bonkers i think we could have shown that to us four or five years ago and we just wouldn't believe it's possible it's just bonkers um yeah this this, this you know so microsoft has showed some demos but they were all kind of like canned you know rendered ones this this looked you know proper it, but it did look like a jump you know so it felt like there's the first you know the first true jump that we're seeing you know and there was lots of comparisons but like you know two mirrors and charted and playstation which you know, and charted for and playstation looks amazing and this just looked you know it made it it made it look like you know a, the sheer know, level space. of detail up close but then equally the, the the level of details in the distant was just yeah just ridiculous 
so yeah, um, proper exciting. So Epic's CEO Tim Sweeney then then praised the PlayStation Five for you know not just the graphical grunt, but it's all round speed. So speed of access to data, you know, the magic sauce around their SSD that they've got. And then he said Xbox could probably do this as well. And a couple of days later, he did had to. It was it was the, the, so the presentation itself was very much look how capable the PS5 is, and clearly that Epic had taken some PlayStation dollar to to push this as a PlayStation 5 sort of uh, tech demo uh, and how impressive it all was. Now pushed a little bit, like you say, pushed the next few days. Uh, he kind of said, "Yeah, okay, the, it's going to be all. It's going to be released on all the platforms, and they're all going to look super special like this." Um, and Xbox have come out pr- since and said, "Yep, uh, we can do that and a whole lot more because we are the most powerful console." Right, so next week, I think it's a week tomorrow. So I don't what does that make it June fourth, June sixth? All the days are. It's next Thursday, <laughs> whatever day it is. Um, PlayStation are doing a lot more reveals. Um, whether we'll get to see the console, whether we'll get to see, you know, what, what you know, because I've already showed the pad. Um, I don't think we'll get a price, but this, I promise a lot more games. So there's I mean, a lot uh, of focus on next week. It's a bit of deja vu for me in that Microsoft have already done a full tech and, and hardware breakdown of their soft, you know, of their device, all in that kind of very, very, and pretty special stuff, right? And it's, as a bit of hardware, it looks... I mean, they sold me what is effectively a square, and and I felt excited <laughs> by it, yeah, because it was a geeky. The geek in me loved the way it all hooked together and it was packaged into that kind of container. Yep. Um, yep. PlayStation again, they're presenting front end content, and they've paying working with Epic to go and boost the, the you know the, the the one. And in in what from from the technical analysis I've seen would be a Microsoft winning on the hardware and um, you know raw grunt again are they going to lose out by these clever little marketing tweaks and the fact that playstation are effectively instead of coming forward and showing hardware first they're coming forward and showing game content first yeah time will tell like there's a lot riding on i think the big ones here microsoft need need to convince and again they've said well still on track for this year Mm -hmm. kind of you know they need to really you know if they're bringing out new hardware and I know that, and I think that was the worst bit when they said straight away, we're not too worried about having exclusives for the platform. Mm. You're like, mm. That is what drives sales. The The best thing about the platform and the thing they should really be concentrating on is the fact that you can have the Game Pass and you can have all of this content immediately available to you in higher quality and all those kinds of things. And, and just emphasize the fact that, yeah, you can, and all your back catalogue will work still. You know, that's that's an amazing and, thing. And, and I'm sure they will absolutely hammer that because I mean, we've been using, so we've been doing a lot more Sea of Thieves. There's a couple of Game Pass games we've been downloading that are actually really good, you know, and I think even just lockdown and the lack of the big AAA titles has forced us to actually look at the catalogue a bit deeper and realise there's there's a few gems in there. Yeah, definitely. And say, it's it's relatively cheap for what it is and, and no other console can offer that same backward compatibility and all those other things that come with it. Uh, especially now we're seeing that sort of generational thing where they're saying games will just work on that one there, but they'll also work on your old Xbox or whatever. So, uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, Going to be an interesting battle, that's for sure. But I, I'm I'm pretty signed up to the Xbox. I've been so, so long on that platform that... I'm pretty going to get it anyway. Whether I'll get a PlayStation as well, don't know. It depends. does depend on what the exclusives are, I guess. Absolutely. Agreed. That is it. That's everything we've got to talk to you about. So, it is. Good stuff. Anything else you want to talk about? 
Uh, how's your streaming going? Streaming's going very well. CateringRacer.com. Uh, search it out on YouTube to watch uh, me being a commentator. It's my my, my new pastime. Um, so yeah, virtual racing uh, is, is happening and I'm running streaming, which is actually a very interesting technology. So me first you know getting into live broadcast and how does that all work and how do you present these products and genuinely what you can do from your back bedroom is just bonkers nowadays uh show a tv producer from 10 years ago what people can do nowadays uh, and they just wouldn't believe that you know where things have uh, gone yeah yeah uh, so the content's been really good you know, the commentators commentary's been excellent the racing's been good to watch there's a bit of amateur night on Monday night, which was quite entertaining. <laughs> we have, they'll be back. They'll be back, going off the track, spinning, doing all the fun it was, things. It was, it was, like, it was like the like first corner, not bad. The second corner, Jesus Christ, there's yeah. a tarmac. <laughs> it was almost like because the guy in front didn't slow down enough, everybody was like, no, we're not going to slow down either. But no, it was like, it's entertaining to watch. Yep. There you go. And it was more like, I felt that was more like me racing <laughs> than, than the guys who are racing at the top really are, you know, clean. And there's a, you can see edge and needle coming out and it's it's, it's good to watch. Yep. So there you go. CatenRacer.com on YouTube. Go subscribe. It's it's fun. It's interesting. Uh, it's racing in a lockdown world. Uh, I think we'll call it at that point then and say thank you very much for listening. Digitaloutbox.com is our website. Info at digitaloutbox.com is our email address and Twitter we are on as digitaloutbox. You can get me on Cheesy UK on Twitter <clears throat> and yeah, ca- catch cateringracer.com uh, um, for all your motor racing needs Well, we're not on track. Ian, where do you want to put people? Um, in their box, but really <laughs> iandick.com. <laughs> Lovely. And we will talk to you again at some point in the future. That's Is that loose enough? I was just going to say June. Yeah, June. <laughs> Speak to you. Cheers all. Bye-bye. Bye. I know it's only like three days away or something, but June, yes, June will do. It gives us flexibility. Exactly. It might be like June 29th. <laughs> it's plenty of time. It'd be like the government target. We'll probably do it on <laughs> 20, <laughs> 30th of June at one minute to midnight.